0: <laughs> are we yeah. live? I think we are. Yeah. How's it going, good, good? man?
1: Good. Did uh did all the did all my move? <laughs> it was so stressful, bro. It
0: was
1: so bad.
0: I can imagine. Did you have a a moving company helping you? Or? I
1: did, but even then, it it sucked. You know, if I do oh, the five then. minute briefing, it's like we hire the company. They came uh, a few days before. Took all our stuff. Everything went smooth in that direction. Then uh, I think it was like two days prior to when we... Yeah, it was like... Yeah, they picked up the 30th and we left the 1st. That's what it was, July. And then we drove. And that drive was horrendous. Horrendous.
0: I was really hoping it would be a nice road trip, but this sounds... Yeah, it was.
1: It was. It was. The only cool thing about the whole ride was that for a horse trip there is a highway that is directly on a river.
0: Oh, that was, nice.
1: that's like the only cool thing. I don't know where it was. I think it was Louisiana, but there's like a strip, a really, really long one where they built the the highway on top of the river. Like you're, you're not, you know what I mean? Like you, like a long, like parallel to the river it's yeah. on top of it and you're just going and going and going and like the oh, river is like yeah. below you. That's the only cool thing about the whole trip, but it was it was so, so long. We drove 17 hours the first day, stopped at a hotel. Yeah. The next day was oh. like seven hours and then we got here. And then we got here to an Airbnb because we needed to wait for the apartment. So that was like the stressful thing. It was a really cool place, but it was a very tiny studio and we had a whole bunch of stuff on our mm. car. Then we got our things, you know, we got the apartment, but we didn't get our things until like, um, what was it? Like four days after, and then we got our stuff and, and like, there were two things that were broken. One of the things was the TV stand leg, which was so annoying. So yeah, it's like going through that claim and, uh, just a stressful, Uh, but we're here, it's it's beautiful out here it's awesome it's so hilly like there's some parts of austin that are so hilly is is and there's the lake trap it's just beautiful we went yesterday to the lake and the thing is like blue super blue waters which i have no idea how how that's the case it's uh it's really nice we're loving it so far out here
0: oh that's great to hear but yeah it does sound like a huge huge uh journey
1: yeah that was one of the highlights of the furnitures though is that i bought myself one of those like um electric motor adjustable desk that like go up yeah oh so nice. nice yeah so nice and it has like the memory thing so you can set like uh so you, oh, you don't yeah. have to like press the up button and down button all the time that you just press i just press the uh, memory one and it and it rises to where oh that is it's beautiful so nice. It's so nice. (laughs) I'm jealous. Yeah.
0: I miss that. Like in the office, we had the, yeah, stand up desks as well. And at home, I don't. And I took them a little bit for granted. And now I really, really.
1: Yeah. It's so nice. It is an investment, though, because they are not that cheap.
0: Yeah. That has holding me back since I'm not working like full time remote. I'm still, yeah, driving around uh some some days of the week and then for like the remainder of the week it does feel like a very big investment but maybe one day yeah
1: i think you should especially now that it's uncertain whether you'll be full-time back at the office or not
0: yeah that is a huge question mark and yeah i'm curious to see how that plays out i don't think we will ever go back to like full-time in an office I listened to, uh, or I am still listening, I haven't finished it yet, to an interview with the head of remote from GitLab. Oh, okay. And really interesting. And it's a little bit like, I think, in his job position, of course, but he makes, I think, a very compelling case that remote will become kind of the mm-hmm. norm. Maybe not in a way that like everyone is fully remote all the time, but what we're seeing here as well is that people are saying they don't want to go back to the office full-time instead of... Uh, maybe just for one day or two so yeah still hopeful that eventually i don't need to commute but we'll, mm-hmm. see, how that goes.
1: Mm-hmm. we'll see what you've been up to
0: <laughs> yeah nah, not not that much um was really hot here um crazy heat wave in europe and that meant that i just didn't have the energy to work on any like very yeah. exciting things i did a little bit um on the side but yeah really not as much as i wanted we last time we talked kind of a lot about this idea for a new project which essentially is a video game for programmers to build like a nice sandbox where you can practice your programming skills and yeah just enjoy writing code without necessarily having to yeah stand up a new project every time and i've been spending a lot of time kind of thinking through this and like mm, trying to get the idea a little bit like sharper in my head. And I've also tried to set up a very early like let's say proof of concept or like prototype for some of the technologies that I find interesting. Since some of the things I have not worked with myself before. And I just wanted to kind of see how they feel and how they work. And this was also like already probably like a week ago that I did this. And Last week, I didn't really continue with this. So my memory is like a little bit vague, but I'm happy to kind of walk you through a few of the
1: oh, yeah, components. Yeah. I, definitely. Interested. Now now that I'm uh, so, moved in and everything is is chill back here and I actually got my first full week of work last week. So I'm pretty excited to jump back into the project.
0: So what you're saying after a week, you're ready to not work anymore and instead focus on like...
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent! Yeah, I was already, I was, I was already, okay, okay, I was okay. already pulling up my schedule <laughs> to uh, to do exactly that.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think last time it was still like we we talked a little bit about like the high level like ideas or like um, motivations behind this, and we didn't really go into like more concrete ideas or like specifics. So, kind of for the sake of this this recording or this discussion, I think there are like two two things that make sense to cover One's kind of the whole or so the the general idea is that yeah i would really want to build a game for programmers and there's a lot of different things that inspire me or like um that i would or that i like that i would really like to see in this game i'm not sure i we might have touched on this before but there's a really interesting game mm-hmm. called creeps yeah so s and then creeps creeps which stands for scripted creeps. And it's essentially, um, it's very similar uh, to what I would want to do in that it is a game that is for programmers. And in scripts, you essentially write the, let's call it like an AI that manages your colony. And you um, have creeps that you can control, that can harvest energy and that can build um, a few buildings. And you can start um, expanding into like, other areas and like build up your empire a little bit and it's actually really fun i really enjoyed playing it there are some like technical decisions that i don't like as much and some kind of the architecture behind the game is something that i kind of got a little bit yeah it it ruined the fun for me a little bit um so this is something where i'm already like oh lesson learned this is something Mm -hmm. i want to avoid but it is one of the things that I find quite interesting or quite intriguing. And the way it worked was that you wrote um, essentially like in JavaScript, you wrote a script that got executed for each turn. And in your script, you could kind of check the state of all your different uh, units and your buildings and issue commands. And then the game engine would take this in as input and then calculate kind of the next next uh, turn. And... It was really fun because you had a lot of flexibility in how you would write your JavaScript and like structure your code and these kind of things. But then the two limitations were that a you had to kind of use JavaScript, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Yeah. If people know me, they <laughs> notice about me. The second thing is that um, the game would reload your script every turn, and I wanted to really like, for example, like experiment with Rust and maybe WebAssembly because that's kind of the one way to use other languages with scripts as well. But then Rust is really like famous for its memory management, but it doesn't really you can't really um make use of that too much if your code gets reloaded every turn and you can't actually or you don't have persistent memory in that, yeah. in that way. Uh, you don't need to get more efficient with like storing information or not that much like at scale, yes, but as a beginner, it was not really there's
1: no job. way of doing this in scri- in scripts It's just pure scripts.
0: Yeah, essentially, um, they reload your code for every turn that you do. Uh, you don't have like a persistent code base. There's no like you're not running a service mm-hmm. or anything. And then on like the other, so this is like one one thing that I kind of enjoy. I like. Um, I think it's a very interesting like prior art for what we kind of want to do. And on on the other side, there are all the other games that I really like to play, uh, <laughs> and there's a style where like everything's unclear in like what direction we really want to go. But I can see like a way into like, or one of like the, let's say like themes that I find interesting is for example, like space exploration, because that allows, like opens up a lot of different doors and like different directions that one could go being like more survival focused mm-hmm. or more like You're strategy. talking about the gameplay right now, right? But I think bottom line, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Like bottom line in any way is that It would be, I think, really interesting to have something that is persistent, like where your code actually runs for extended periods of time, where it runs when you're not playing. Like it's actually like um, a little bit of like an um, MMO, -hmm. like a massive multiplayer online game, so that you can interact with others. You can come back and see kind of what happened while you were gone. Um, You have a chance to generate a lot of interesting data while you're not playing. So, uh, you can watch a code for like an hour and then the next day you check back in In like the last 23 hours, a lot of things has happened. And maybe you immediately see like patterns that you want to improve or like optimize these kind of things. So this is all about like the general idea, like have something where you write code to mm-hmm. control the game and then run the game essentially like yeah. on a server so that you can interact with others that your code can do things and that you don't have to like watch it the whole time essentially that you it it even runs when you're not looking and then yeah I think from like the specifics this is something that will require a lot of like testing um, to figure out like how does this work like how do you write the code what is interesting like or how can we make kind of this part enjoyable as well if you have to I don't know use a very annoying API this will just not be very satisfactory. So, this is, I think, an interesting area for us to kind of explore and experiment with. It's like, how, like, what kind of API should we actually mm-hmm. use? Um, what is interesting for, like, players as well? Is there something that we ourselves would like to learn? And then, how can we kind of tie this into the game mechanics? And then the other question is, like, what does the game actually, what is the g- Yeah, that's, like, we.
1: Were, I think we were talking about this. On, on text are weren't we like how how monumentally important <laughs> it was for the gameplay to be like really good enticing entertaining yeah that's yeah that's exactly. something that yeah I wasn't yeah when we were discussing it off off record it was it was uh it was really eye-opening because it's true if if the gameplay is not there like you know being super entertaining sucking you in it's not gonna yeah it's not going to matter about the technology and how it works and the programming side, like, that much. It is very crucial that that part is very well thought out. And I never really realized how much thought goes into the actual gameplay. It really is. Like, you need to think about so many things.
0: Yeah, and like, this just makes me feel great, to be honest. Because, so I know that, I think like our emissions are like crazy high with this. But then if I look at all the, like, resources that are out there in like game design there's a yeah it's an art form and i myself have like no idea what i'm stumbling into here the other component is that there's so much like experimentation going on until you like find the right formula that actually works that i could very well imagine that we have to be really kind with ourselves and like the first (laughs) prototypes that we're building since I think it will take us forever—not or not forever, but it will take us some time to get to a point where we are actually like satisfied with the result that we can then kind of build on, and then each thing that we add will be like an experiment in itself. And I'm a little bit afraid that we'll just never be happy with what we come up with. No, but, I yeah, hope not. But I, uh, we'll I have do to see. This I hear you question. when you
1: say afraid, but yeah, I I think that uh, I think it's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting so, because we need we need to be very unbiased about this because we'll be yeah. obviously the first ones to play it. You know what I mean? When we, we when we start yeah. getting prototypes in, and and I think that our minds, because of the effort that I that we already know that is gonna take into it, we we are our minds are gonna to wanna to be like, oh, this is uh this is such a great game, you know. And, and I, I, I would totally play this all the time. So I think it's very (laughs) every day. So I think it is really important to be unbiased about what parts of it aren't, aren't enticing. And if it's not sucking us in, I think it's, it needs to make us want to play it as well. And then also seek out some sort of community or build some sort of community around it that are able to also play it and be like, Hey, like this part sucks or i don't yeah. like this part and i think oh, yeah. that that's so crucial to to hear this out
0: yeah definitely yeah it i agree with kind of everything you said um i think the kind of developing kind of the early uh, or thinking about kind of the game mechanics and finding good scenarios to kind of test them out and like slowly build this up uh, will be kind of the biggest challenge and one that i don't really have a clear plan yet how to tackle, to be honest. There's a lot of different ideas for like various game mechanics, but I think for one, we have to find kind of the first one to start with. Otherwise we will have so much work before we have anything that's playable. Yeah. Like if we, yeah, I think that this is the thing that I've struggled with the most is like figuring out like, what is the first thing to start with that we could like try very early on? Without having to implement, like, let's say, worst case, we would want to make this like a three D game, and you have to like set up like the three D renderer before you can do anything else. Like, this would be would be like a completely yeah. wrong start, and like finding a way how we can get like started as soon as possible without building out too much is um, will be interesting. One thing that um, <laughs> I started, or I, what I thought would be a good first step, and I'm really. Doubting this right now is figuring out how to like generate a map and render it so that you can actually kind of see what where you are in the world, like a grid. And I thought that this is like, yeah, exactly. And I thought this was be like an interesting idea since it's the first thing that you would see Mm -hmm. in your load up, Yeah, yeah, I guess. But right now, I'm already thinking like if this is really correct or if. There aren't other game mechanics that, especially around the programming side of things, that we can test like much, much, much easier without having to like go into figuring out how to design a map, how to render it, make all of these decisions about like what grid system to use and 3D, 2D, two and a half D. Like, there's so many things attached to like mm-hmm. map generation that I'm already wondering if there's not a simpler solution. And I have an idea, but I will uh, k- keep that for later. Okay. The thing I did to kind of get you up to speed with the prototype, so I I spent like maybe I don't want to say like a week but probably like the better half of a week um, setting up like a small prototype to try out some of like the core technologies that I would be Mm -hmm. interested in using here. And what I picture in my mind right now is that we have a few different components and then there are a lot more around this to kind of orchestrate this and like run it on the server and like do all of these things. But basically you have like some kind of game engine that can keep the, or knows the state of the world that can enforce the rules and that can generate okay. events. So essentially this is what drives the game and drives it forward. Then you have the player's uh, code in some way that interacts with the game engine to make its moves and, react to things that happen in the game and then you want to have some ui to kind of observe what is happening in the game and i think these are like the three components that we have to start with as well and if the ui is just like console locks in the beginning that might already be enough but i think these are like the three different components that form like the core of the game and then around this you need like an authentication system so that players can log Mm -hmm. in and manage their account and you probably need a way to upload code. And like there are all of these external or like auxiliary services mm-hmm. around this. But for the prototype, I think we can really focus on those three. And then for the game engine, I'm still a little bit undecided, but I'm kind of curious to try Rust for this.
1: Yeah, I think it would be really good too. Since yeah.
0: it's fast, it has good mm-hmm. memory management, and I really like the type system to like with the type system, express a lot of constraints that you have. I think it's a solid solid
1: decision to to go for that. Yeah.
0: The only kind of risk that I see is that Rust is still a very kind of new language or young language. And the ecosystem is not that big yet. So it could be that there's just libraries that would be available in other languages that are not there yet in Rust uh, that would make our life easier. But I guess this is one of the questions the prototype yeah. has to answer. Yeah, true. And then... So I think, this, is, yeah, we, we have to experiment with this, but this is kind of the starting place. For the front end, or like the UI, for reasons I can't really express, to be honest, I think it makes sense to just make this web-based so that you can play it in the browser, that you can package it up as uh, Electron or React Native app or whatever, and... Have it on like other platforms, and uh, I know that we also offline had some discussions around this, but I would just go with React for this. You suggested Next.js to like package it in a nice framework. No, I, yeah, and I struggled a little bit setting up Next.js mm-hmm. to be honest, but it wasn't too bad, and it works now, and I made my peace with it. I did set it up with TypeScript. So, this is something I'm interested in exploring as well. And then, I think the most interesting part of all of this is how, like, what do we use for the communication between all of these components? Like, what kind of API connects the game engine with the client and the UI? Elixir. And I'm really, so I'm really tempted to try out grpc yeah. for this.
1: I I think that it would be a so very were, yeah, I think it's a good choice as well.
0: Yeah, like to take a small step back like there were three things I considered for this. One would be just plain mm-hmm. http like rest mm-hmm. api essentially, which would allow like enable a few interesting game mechanics, let's say. So you could for example make this about writing like a web server. So players could use like Rails or Django or Express or whatever they they like or would like to learn to build this, which could be an interesting like playground to like actually write like a Phoenix app that gets some traffic and has some like semi-productional use, which might be interesting. Then I think GraphQL is interesting since you can really specify kind of what kind of data you want and what shape the data should have. And graphql also has um, subscriptions so you can stream data from the server mm-hmm. to the client like a player could subscribe to a certain kind of event and every time a new event happens it gets pushed through a webSocket connection to the client which I think is an interesting characteristic and then the third was really grPC and with grPC for me the biggest or the most interesting aspect is that you can generate a lot of like client libraries automatically based on the um, essentially like protocol definition that you have. So using um, the protocol buffer, protocol, I guess, uh, you can describe like what shape does your data have? What are the yeah RPC mm-hmm. endpoints of your server? And then gRPC will generate client code that wraps all of this in an interface in kind of the supported languages. So if you want to write your code in, Node, for example, or like in TypeScript, you get like a typed interface that you can just call as a method and like all the logic of like serializing, deserializing data, sending an HTTP request, all of this is hidden. And this is very attractive to me.
1: I agree. It's used a lot in games, right? I I know that it's used a lot in games.
0: It is definitely used a lot in like microservice architectures, um and yeah games games as well and it is definitely something i have not worked with yet um or not with grpc in particular um rpc itself a little bit um we're using like a different flavor at work but it's sounds really interesting to me for this use case um although it also means like or it has some pros and cons uh one of the slight problems and i curious to see if this will become an actual issue when we start working on this, is that uh, it isn't really supported in web environments. So for the front end, the requests actually go through a proxy that converts a normal HTTP request to a GRPC request. And the downside of this is that I think client-side streaming doesn't work while server-side streaming does work. So I think for the UI, we're safe, but it's like like small downside. But then for players that actually write their code in Node, it doesn't matter since in that environment mm-hmm. everything is supported. I see. And kind of the prototype that I set up essentially just combines those three into like one working stack where you can send a request from the front end to the back end through gRPC. And it was very interesting setting this up and I banged my head against the <laughs> wall quite a few times uh especially trying to set up next and like wiring up uh gRPC and then like making the call and these kind of things i'm really excited
1: to see this and start working on this
0: yeah i think the it doesn't do anything right now except pretty much like return a static statically generated array but i think it's an interesting kind of starting point and and i think this is like then the discussion for next time is like what do we actually want to start Mm -hmm. testing with this what are like the, the core assumptions that we have that we want to test out first. Yeah. And then like, start slowly thinking about like a game that we can build.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's a solid plan. I, uh, darn it. I would love to put aside the gameplay as much as possible. Cause it's a scary, it's a scary, uh, a thought for me to actually think about all this. I feel like it's way more complex than my head can, can comprehend right now. But, yeah. uh, I was just trying to think as you were talking about the gameplay scenario and like outer space and stuff like that. And I'm just like trying to think of different things and it's like the tiniest little things you have to think about. I remember that for uh, when I was like starting out in uh, the Odin project to to uh, to start coding. They, one of the last projects they make you do or the last project they make you do when you're learning actual Ruby before to jump into Rails is you build an entire, like you yeah. actually build a whole chess game. Oh. Yeah. So I built the whole chess game and it took me about a week and a half to build it and I banged my head against the freaking wall because it was I like all the different scenarios that can go into it would just make me go crazy. First of all like the the L-shaped move of the horse was hard and then Oh, and then, yeah. like, you also have to think about different possibilities. And this is just chess, you know. Like, chess is a relatively complicated game, but it's not as much as an entire like gameplay where your actual character or something like that. Yeah. And it's like when you first start, like, you know, how does a pawn move? A pawn moves only one step at a time forward, unless it's the first time, right? Like, if it's the first time, you can move two you know? And then it's like, and like all these little yeah. things. And then at the end, I remember that I was like, okay, I'm done. And then I started, uh, I was like just going down the list of Wikipedia of the entire like rules of chest. And then I remembered, and I saw, yeah. and I forget cl- cl- for- completely forgot about the fact that you can tower your King and, and, yeah. and to tower your King is under very specific rules. And I was like, Son of a gun. So I implemented and then just like and yeah. that was such a simple thing. And I'm like, that's why I'm now I'm kind of scared about thinking about the gameplay and implementing the gameplay yeah. in this. Good thing it's something we can uh put off for uh for some time now, but it's it's not forever.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I think the challenge will be to find like a very like uh kind of easy on ramp here. One of the things that I um I was considering like, as like a kind of maybe final comment, there's a very, I find it quite relaxing game, to be honest, which is called, there are two, like one's called 911 Operator, and then one's called 112 Mm -hmm. Operator, Mm -hmm. and it's essentially pretty much the same game, the 112 is like the most recent version, but essentially what you have is you have a map of a city, and then events spawn, and then you can dispatch, um, emergency services to these events. And then you have an event that is a fire. And of course you want to send a fire brigade there and, uh, you have like medical, uh, services, fire department and police. And while kind of re-implementing this game is completely out of scope. I think one of the interesting, um, things that I would like to test is this mechanic of like generating events to which you can react as a player. Because I feel like, especially with the technologies that we have, and like this this idea that you have, like persistently running code, and you have, for example, like um, a gRPC stream of events, this could be a really interesting game mechanic that the server essentially tells you all the things that change for you. Like maybe you can only see like a certain part of a map in like a later version, and that whenever something on the like in your view changes the server will push an event to you and you don't need to get like the whole state reloaded every turn or something but you get this event and then you can take a reaction to it and say hey um this might be an event that i can just safely ignore since i can't do anything about it right now or it's just doesn't change my strategy but maybe there's like a certain event that if i don't know a thunderstorm is coming i want to get all my drones back yeah like my base so that they don't get hit by lightning. Um, And I think this could be something that's very easy to implement since it doesn't require like a huge UI. You essentially, you can literally just get away with having a lock of all the events and then the Mm -hmm. actions that the the game takes. And it could be like a very easy thing for us to kind of get started with testing different ideas. I
1: like that. I like the event, we discussed this um before as well and i i I like the events idea that's to generating events and being able to react for it as players like being able to receive these events and then you choose what you do to you know do this and and they have different levels of uh i don't know effects i like it
0: and then i think long term the vision would be a little bit that most of what is happening in the game is actually an event that gets triggered by the action of a player So you do something and that spawns an event either for all the other players or for you again. Uh Like you send your drone and your drone goes somewhere and when it arrives, you get an event that it arrived, Mm -hmm. for example, and then you can... You probably want to do something with the drone know that it's at the destination. Or, yeah, a player places a building somewhere and you get that as like a notification. And then there are some other events that are generated by the game itself, which could be, for example, like weather events or things that like are unrelated to the actions of players but i think this could be like an interesting like one of the interesting game mechanics to kind of test first and it would allow us to like get started without having to like build a map generation and kind of figure out how things actually look in space but it could just yeah be very simple like it's a little bit like a text space adventure game back from the days where you are in the room and you can kind of see three things and you can make a decision, like very simple. To yeah. Get started. Yeah. So I'd say let's uh, think about this and then, uh, yeah. Try to kind of make a process. Oh yeah. Of this.
1: Let's, let's do it. I like it. I'm going to, can't wait to, uh, to see it this week.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. I feel like I've been rambling
1: it lot was a necessary today, ramble
0: but yeah partially <laughs> I have to admit I wasn't super prepared for today so um, I think a, I will tr- try to do better next time but I'm also um, certain that it will now that it will become um, everything will become a little yeah, more concrete I think, so. um, I think it will also be easier to um, have these yeah, discussions about I it think so. alright cool yeah um,
1: Nice. Nice. Good comeback. Good comeback, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. Good yeah. to have you with us again. Then I would say Till next time. Till next time, yeah. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts next time on Oh yeah, the setup. for sure. For sure. I'm I'm feel a little bit like self-conscious about the the next JS setup and <laughs> Uh, I am not a front ender, so I'm I'm curious to hear.
1: I'll you definitely check you. it out. I'm check. I'll probably check it out today, actually. To be honest, so we'll see. Yeah,
0: nice. I'm curious. All right, awesome. Then settle into uh, Austin well and talk, talk next, week. next week. Later. Bye bye.